Hey, thanks for tuning in to the Velocity Church Podcast. We love to hear about life change in our church. So if you have a story about how Velocity has made a difference in your life, send us an email at amen at findvelocity.org. Now sit back and enjoy today's message. If you're just joining us today, we've been looking at the life of the Apostle Paul. Paul, if you don't know much about him, he was a follower of Jesus, but he wasn't one of the 12 disciples. He came to follow Jesus uh, after Jesus died and was resurrected. He had this incredible encounter on the road of Damascus. He didn't start out uh, serving God. He started out persecuting Christians. He was a Christian killer. He was a terrorist. He had this dramatic encounter. His life was changed and he became the greatest missionary that the world has ever known, wrote two-thirds of the New Testament, did so many great things for God. And we've been looking at Paul because Paul has a lot to say to us about freedom. See, Paul learned some things about freedom in his life that are very helpful for us to observe because like all of us, Paul had a past. Like all of us, Paul had some problems. Like all of us, Paul had some pain. But unlike most of us, Paul learned something that was able to keep him from being bound by these things that keep so many of us bound. And what we're going to discover today is that it wasn't just Paul's past, Paul's problems, Paul's pain that could be a potential prison for him. But Paul had something else in his life that you're going to be able to relate to. Paul had passion. And what I mean by that, that's a nice way of saying is Paul was emotional. He was extremely emotional. In fact, you don't have to read very far in his letters just to see how emotional this guy was. This guy had a knack for pouring out his feelings both on paper and in public. He, uh, he, he would, in fact, one of his letters in the letter he wrote to the Corinthian church, the first Corinthians, first Corinthians, he uses over 35 different words to describe how he feels. Can you say unstable? That sounds a little bit imbalanced to me. He, he talks about, I was in despair. I was in anguish. I was in pain. I, I was tortured. But now I'm glad and I rejoice and I've shed tears and I've been distressed and I was perplexed. All of these different, I didn't even know there were that many words to describe how you feel. He's all over the spectrum describing how he feel. I'm just saying Paul was an emotional guy. And that's helpful for me. Because sometimes I think we operate and we live and we act as if our emotions are bad, like we shouldn't have them, or they're causing problems in our life and we just need to eliminate them from our life. But what I wanna tell you is that our emotions are not bad things. In fact, our feelings aren't bad, our feelings are neutral. God gave you feelings. Lots of times we associate certain feelings negatively, but I mean, you could take any of those negative feelings, like take anger. You know, anger can create hostility, but Anger can also be used to right a wrong, can use you to stand up against an injustice. We, we think about sadness, and that makes us hurt and gives us pain, but sadness can also move you to meet a need. When we do that, we call it compassion. You can think about fear. Well, we don't want fear in our life. That keeps you trapped and limited. But, you know, the Bible actually equates fear to wisdom. Some, sometimes fear can protect you, can keep you from some things. Uh, what about, uh, you know, you could, you could take happiness. Well, that's a good emotion, right? We all want to be happy. But if you live your life by just trying to be happy, where being happy is the filter for all of your decisions, you're going to live a very unfulfilled, 
a very unfruitful and uncommitted life. We just, oh, I'm just trying to be happy. Just make all, you know, whatever makes you happy. That is a horrible way to live. And you might be wondering what all of this has to do with freedom. But the reason this matters is because a lot of us make decisions based on how we feel. And a lot of our feelings are driving our decisions. And so the question isn't whether our feelings are good or bad. The question isn't whether or not you're an emotional person. The question is, are you allowing your feelings to contribute to your life? Or are they controlling your life? And this is something that applies to all of us, whether you show your feelings or whether you keep them bottled up inside. We all have to answer this question. And to learn about this, we're going to look at a letter today that is full of feelings. In fact, we looked at Philippians last week, which is often considered the happiest book in the Bible. The letter that we're going to look at today, I would tell you, is the angriest book in the Bible. Uh, it's the book of Galatians. Paul wrote this letter to a group of churches that he had started in the region of Galatia. And he's basically letting all these people know how they've made a huge mistake in turning their relationship with God into a bunch of rules and regulations. And it's written in such a way, it's stark contrast with so many of his other letters. So many of his other letters, he's gushing with love and affection and he's praising them. This one, not so much. This one, he's, he's pretty irritated. This one, he's exasperated. This one, he's disappointed. This one, he's angry. And he says, hey, you started out in the spirit. So why now are you trying to perfect yourself in your own efforts? Why are you trying to per perfect yourself with your own actions? Anytime you do this, you're taking your eyes off of Jesus and you're placing them on yourself. And this is always a recipe for disaster. He's just laying into them and he says, look, I need you to know that the same grace that saves you is the same grace that sustains you. So you see, if God started this in grace, he's going to sustain it with his grace. He wants you to stay in his grace. And so he's been writing this and writing this and writing this. And what we're going to pick up is towards the end of the letter in Galatians chapter 5, verse 13. I want you to hear this. Paul writes, I'm reading from the message translation. He says, it's absolutely clear that God has called you to a free life. Just in case you were confused about your hurts, habits, and hangups, you need to know that Paul said, and scripture says, it's absolutely clear that God has called you to a free life. So just make sure that you don't use this freedom as an excuse to do whatever you want to do and destroy your freedom. Hold on a minute. That's kind of confusing. My, my liberty can actually lead to my captivity. Man, we were just getting started. I'm already preaching. I'm glad you guys are amen. I'm just going to clap for myself. This is already good. I'm happy. I like this sermon. Thank you. It says, rather use your freedom to serve one another in love. That's how freedom grows. For everything we know about God's word is summed up in a single sentence. Love others as you love yourself. That's an act of true freedom. Now, admittedly, we don't really have a problem with the last part of this verse. Like, we are all pretty good at loving ourselves. Wouldn't you agree? 
Well, we are good at attracting attention to ourselves. We are good at pampering ourselves. You know how to treat yourself. You, you know all those things. All of us love me some me. Can we be honest? But Paul says, look, if you live your life about self, well, you just, you just do whatever you want, you're going to wind up back in prison. So he's offering us a better model today. And he's saying, look, I want you to feel free but I don't want you to let your feelings run free. There's a difference. And within this passage, he has some help for us today. I'm calling this sermon, you're gonna write this down. And some of you, you're not clapping, you're not responding, you better do something, you better write this down. <laughs> better take out your phone and take some notes. Yes, you better. I'm calling this sermon today, In My Feelings. In My Feelings. You know it's gonna be great when you got a Drake reference right at the beginning of the sermon. If you don't get that, just, you know, ask a high schooler. You'll get it. All right. Hey, let's pray. Let's ask God for some help this morning. God, I thank you so much for the opportunity to go to your word, to learn from your word, and to hear from you. And God, we need your help today. We need your perspective. God, we need your voice. We need your insight. We need your light in our life. God, I'm asking that you use me, that you take this word and that you would plant it in the heart of every person, that it would be like a seed sown on good ground today, that it would take root and produce fruit in their life, and that they would leave here different than the way they came in. God, that they would leave here changed. God, I believe you can do it. I believe you will. I believe it's what you want to do. And so, God, we ask in faith, believe and we receive right now, and everybody who agrees with that can say amen. Hey, how many of you are perfectionists? Can I see all the perfectionists in the room? Uh, clean freaks, neat freaks, any clean freaks, neat freaks, borderline OCD people. Some of you are pretty proud about that fact. <laughs> I don't know what's wrong with you, but, um, you know, how about those of you on the other side of the spectrum? Maybe, maybe you're um, a little less than, a little not so organized. Um, would you just be messy? I know you're not messy. You're creative. I don't know why we use that as an excuse for everything. We, <laughs> I'm not messy. I'm creative. Like, we use that as an excuse for everything. Why are you late? Well, I'm a creative. Why, 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 are you, why are your people skills horrible? I'm a creative. I don't know. I'm just kidding. I actually love our creative team. Uh, and you, you should be part of the creative team. They're amazing. But I'm just saying, uh, why do I bring this up? Well, my kids, uh, my kids are very creative. Hashtag messy. Uh, they, they, I, I don't want to infer that they get this from my wife. I'm just going to tell you straight up, they don't get it from me. Um, actually, my wife is not messy I don't know where my kids get this from, Frank. I think sometimes, like, sometimes things skip a generation. I don't know if it's like a recessive gene, but they, 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 they have this issue um, that they're a mess. They, they can take anything that's clean and, and just turn it like, you know, like a bomb went off in there. And so my wife and I, we, we've been working with our kids, um, trying to help them understand that, hey, like a messy room leads to a messy life. Uh, some of you, you just got conviction in that right now as I said that. But, but we've been working with them, and, you know, it's an issue for all of our kids, but particularly uh, my middle son, Oliver. He probably needs this uh, more than, than anybody uh, because we, we've been striving with him. And, and the other day, uh, I really felt like we were beginning to make some traction because his, his room was a disaster. I was like, Oliver, like, you need to, to clean your room. And we've tried everything. I mean, we, we've tried um, rewards. Didn't work. We tried threats. 
didn't work. I mean, we tried just leaving it, see if they would catch on. Didn't work. Like, if you have some ideas, let us know uh, because we're trying to figure this out. And we, we, we said, hey, you need to clean your room. Your room is a mess. And I felt like we were finally getting through to him because like for two hours, he was up in his room. And I'm just like, he's quiet. I'm just, I'm not gonna bother that, you know, just leave him up there. And I said, well, I should probably go check on him. So I go up and he's been, you know, like working all this. And I go up, I, I peek my head through the door and the room is clean. I think this is like a modern America. Like I'm feeling like father of the year at this moment. I've got my child to obey. This is a modern, it's a milestone in my life. It's a, it's a modern miracle. And I was like, Oliver, great job. That's amazing. You know, I went and played. That was great. Until I went to go tuck him into bed that night. I went to tuck him into bed. And uh, as I was tucking him in, I felt this thing jab my ankle. And uh, I said, what, what is going on under your bed? And, uh, and I, I got down on my hands and knees. I looked. All of his toys, all of his clothes, blankets, everything was shuffled shoved under his back. I said, Oliver, what is going on? I thought you, I told you to clean up your room. He said, I did clean up my room. I said, you did not clean up your room. You just shoved everything under your bed. He's like, no, it's clean. No, it just looks clean on the surface. All you did was move the mess. You know, that's what we do with our emotions. We, we, we act like we've got it all under control. It looks like we've got it clean on the surface. But really, all we've done is move the mess. Well, that's why I wanted to look at Paul, because Paul had a secret. Like Paul, he clearly had feelings. Paul was emotional. He was all over the spectrum. But he didn't let his feelings control him. He'd learned something. And I see one of his secrets in this verse I want to share with you. He says, just make sure that you don't use this freedom as an excuse to do whatever you want to do and destroy your freedom. You see, one of the greatest inhibitors to becoming the person that God has called us to be and accomplishing the assignment that God has called us to accomplish is when we move from our liberty into captivity. That's where we go from just being in freedom to being in our feelings. And there's a difference between being free and running wild. There really is. And so say that there's, there's this part of you that if you let this run wild, it's going to take control and you're not going to be free anymore. In fact, in most translations, when Paul's saying this, he calls it the flesh. It's kind of an interesting word, but I want you to think about it this way. Like when he's talking about your flesh, he's not talking about your body. He's not talking about something physical. He's talking about something internal. He's talking about this, this inward power that's fighting for control. This inward thing that's it's driving your decisions. This inward pull towards self. This, this inward feeling. Have you ever even thought about that word, feeling? I mean, feeling, that's, that's a word we use to describe something physical. I'm, my hand is touching this table. I'm, I'm feeling it. But it's the same word we use to describe this inward operation. 
That's how you got to think about the flesh. He's not talking about something physical. He's talking about something internal. And what you got to understand is that you are not just physical. You're not just spiritual. You're also emotional. And if you don't learn to deal with this emotional component, even though God has made you free, Paul says, you're going to wind back up in prison. So you got to need to learn how to do this. Even though you're free, even though you're made free in Christ, there's a part of you that's fighting for control. And this part of you is not always sanctified. And if you let this part of your life run wild, it is going to run your life into the ground. Now, our feelings in and of themselves, they're, they're not evil. Re really, our feelings are indicators. Our feelings God uses to help bring our attention to an area of our life. So like, if I'm feeling bitter about something, I shouldn't ignore that feeling. I should investigate that feeling. It's, it's, like, it's like a check engine light on your car. And I know that's a bad illustration because some of you ignore that light. But the, the point of it is, if you keep driving with that light on, eventually you're going to be stuck. And it's not because your engine is broken. It's because you've ignored the indicator. And can I tell you the reason some people get stuck in their feelings is because they've ignored what God is trying to bring their attention to. So I'm just trying to tell you that your feelings are indicators. They're not evil. They're important. But when our life is under the control of our emotions, now, what happens is my feelings are not just in me, but now I'm in my feelings. And when I say I'm in my feelings, I'm not saying you shouldn't have feelings. I'm not, I'm not saying that at all, because you are going to have them. God made you with them. All right. There are going to be times where you're angry. You are going to have anger. Just don't let anger have you. You are going to have disappointment. Just don't let disappointment have you. You are going to have grief. Grieving is not bad. Grieving can be very healthy. Just don't let grief have you. And see, there's going to be days where you're gripped with a feeling. But what you have to do is be very intentional about not letting those days turn into weeks, not letting those weeks turn into months, not letting those months turn into years. And so if you found yourself entangled in a bunch of emotions, Paul's about to give some advice on how to serve your soul today. This is what he says. It's absolutely clear, friends, that God has called you to a free life. Just make sure that you don't use this freedom as an excuse to do whatever you want to do and destroy your freedom. Another translation of this verse says, don't use your freedom to indulge the flesh. Saying, don't be controlled by what you feel, whatever you want. Don't be controlled by your feelings. Don't be controlled by your emotions. Don't be controlled by this inward force that's always pulling you towards yourself. And here's why. He, he tells us in verse 19, it's obvious what kind of life develops out of trying to get your own way all the time. It, it's obvious what kind of life 
develops out of just being controlled by your feelings, doing whatever you want to do, going wherever you want to go, just letting your feelings lead the way. It's obvious what happens. It's a stinking accumulation of mental and emotional garbage. Now, I thought about different ways to illustrate this. Like I thought I could bring a bunch of garbage cans in and just like dump them all over the floor with just all this trash. But then I thought like some people might get sick from the smell and then like nobody would come back to church. And so I thought, okay, I need a different way to illustrate this. So um, if I can have those guys bring out my illustrations, whoever's helping with that, that would be great. But this is the way that our emotions work in our life is that we think that we're free to just feel whatever we wanna feel. And because our emotions are invisible, we don't see that we're living like this. And so what happens is it just, it starts by thinking about ourselves. And we start by thinking about, can you bring that out too? Bring those boxes for me. Starts by thinking about our preferences and thinking about what we want and just feeling free to just give in to whatever feeling we want to give into in the moment. And so what happens is, is, you know, because somebody hurt me, they said something to me and I didn't like what they said. I'm just going to hold on to this, hold on to this hurt. And, you know, I, I, th I think about that and I think, you know, we, I was justified in my actions. I wasn't wrong. They're wrong. And so what I'm going to do I'm just going to hold on to this pride. And we, we walk along and think, well, the, the more I think about it, you know, I, I wouldn't mind trying to do something to fix it, but I'm afraid that if I try, I might fail. And so I'm just going to stay in my fear. And so the more I think about it, though, I get angry that this thing happened. Like, that was wrong for them to treat me like that. So I'm just going to hold on to my anger. And then the more I think about it, I'm like, well, I'm so ashamed of how I acted. I'm embarrassed. I'm humiliated by that. So I just hold on to my shame. And then I, I feel guilty because I know that wasn't right. And then I... I'm grieved over how I acted and how the situation turned out. And now I'm in my feelings. And the problem is, is that I think I'm free because I can move around and I can preach to you and I can do all the things that I want to do until I get to the door of my destiny. And so lots of times we're asking God to open up a door for us. And even if God opens up the door, I can't get through the door because I'm in my feelings. And see, sometimes you're asking God to free you from your past. And God has opened up the door. He has set you free from your past, but I can't get through the door because I'm in my feelings. And the other thing about being in your feelings is 
Sometimes God wants to send somebody in your life. So sometimes God's trying to get something to you. Send someone to help you, but it's not only I can't get through the door, now nobody can get to me because I'm in my feelings. In fact, I wonder, I wonder how many of you, God is trying to send somebody into your life to help you, but they can't get to you because you're in your feelings. Because there was somebody in the past that hurt you. And now you think that everybody who comes into your life is going to use you and abuse you like they did. But God is actually sending somebody to help you, but they can't help you because you're in your feelings. And, and so we, we live this way and we walk through life this way. And God's saying, hey, I can't get to you what I need to get to you. And you can't go to what you're trying to go to as long as you stay in your feelings. And I see a lot of Christians that love God, but are burdened. A lot of Christians love Jesus, but burdened. A lot of Christians want to make a difference, but burdened. And see, the reason they are is because we're talking about your soul today, not your spirit. It's a difference. Moses was an example of this. I mean, Moses, you look at the Old Testament, like Moses was the man. Moses represented the law, represented how we tried to get to God in our efforts. Moses, I mean, he did a lot of things. He led the Israelites out of captivity. So there was a sense of freedom there, out of bondage into captivity. Moses saw God work miracles, stretched out his staff, saw the waters part. That's amazing. But you know, Moses could never get into the promised land because his box said anger. And so if you don't learn to deal with this, it's going to derail your destiny. But it doesn't just derail your destiny. Some of you, if you don't learn to deal with this, it'll destroy your life. Because we talked about Moses. Moses couldn't enter in. But you know, there was another guy. He was so racked with guilt that he hung himself. That was Judas. And we usually don't think of Judas as an example, but I want you to think about this. Judas was one of Jesus' disciples. Judas walked with Jesus. Judas learned from Jesus. Judas, Judas worked for Jesus. He was a participant in the miracle. Like Judas had all these things, and yet he still got caught up in his feelings. Guilt caused him to hang himself. And so just because you have Jesus in your life, don't think that you don't have to deal with this issue. And the people that get through doors that other people don't. It's not because they're smarter. It's not because they're more spiritual. It's not because they're more gifted. It's because they've learned what to shed. They've learned how to drop some things. And here's what you need to know, is that when we're talking about freedom, it's not just 
receiving the gift of grace in your life. It's releasing the hold you have on your feelings. See, as long as you're in your feelings, there are going to be some doors that your relationships can't go through. As long as you're in your feelings, there are going to be some doors that your career can't go through, that your calling can't go through. As long as you're in your feelings, there's going to be some doors that your family can't go through, that your leadership can't go through, that your business can't go through. And I think I'm free because I am preaching to you and I am doing everything that I normally do until I try and get through the door. And you will always stay stuck till you get through your feelings. So what do we do? Because I've, I've tried, like, like my son Oliver, I've tried to like move this stuff around. And all I'm doing is, is moving the mess. And I've tried to like arrange it, but I've never really dealt with it. I don't know what to do. That's why Paul gives us a secret. And it's so profound. And I hope this helps you today because what Paul says, I'll read the whole thing. He says, don't use freedom as an excuse to do whatever you want to do. Just living by your feelings. Just, hey, I can feel whatever I want to feel. It's going to destroy your freedom. Rather, use your freedom to serve one another in love. That's how freedom grows. I didn't even know that freedom could grow. This isn't making sense to me, Paul. No, he says, hey, for everything we know about God's word is summed up in a single sentence. Love others as you love yourself. That's an act of true freedom. So let me say this again. Rather, use your freedom to serve one another in love. That's how freedom grows. See, I can't carry these things that concern me when my priority is to serve you. And so what Paul is trying to say here is that when you get out of your feelings, and you begin to focus on serving someone else, that's how freedom grows. So, so many times when you get out of your feelings, that's how you can step into your potential. It's a mess sometimes trying to get out of your feelings. When you get out of your feelings, that's when you step into God's best for your life. And see, when my hands are free to serve, well, then I'm not in my feelings. You know, that's why we talk about teams so much at this church. Like, you need to understand when we talk about serving on a team, that is not because we need anything from you. Let me make it real easy for you. We are doing what we're doing without you. But can I tell you, we would be so much better with you. But it's not what we need from you. It's what we want for you. Because when you're beginning to focus on how, see, I can stay stuck here or I can serve there, but I can't do both. I can't do both. That's why Paul says, hey, serve one another in love. And it's, it's almost like crazy because, see, the Galatians, they were the OCD, clean freak, Microsoft Excel spreadsheet people. 
You know, they were like, they're like, okay, well, I'm so glad like Paul, you know, he gave me like, the, I got my spreadsheet and I got my flow chart and I think I got my list from Paul. Thank you. And that's how I think those people sound. And the, the danger of that is you want to make it about, okay, what do I got to do? And what do I, what do I got to not do? And Paul says, no, no, no. You don't need a list. What you need is love. Serve one another in love. And, and he breaks it down. Let me read it to you. He, he, he says, hey, my counsel is this. In verse 16, it's the very next verse. Live freely, animated and motivated by God's spirit. Then you won't feed the compulsions of selfishness. So he's saying, hey, your job isn't to stop sinning and your job isn't to start behaving. Let, let me read it to you in, in a different verse. He says it this way, different translation. He says, walk by the spirit, you'll not gratify the desires of the flesh. This is, this is how I would put it. He, he, I would say, if you walk by the spirit, you won't live in your feelings. Now, this is a crazy way to think about it because like I said, we want a list. We want all these different things. We want to know what to do and what not to do. How am I supposed to walk by the spirit? Well, Paul helps us out. I think it's so intentional that he used the word walk. It's a movement verb. Because, I mean, he could have said, hey, rest in the spirit. Hey, just relax. God's got this. Could have said live in the spirit and just exist. Just breathe in, breathe out. Oh, that would have been okay. But he says walk. In other words, you've got to get moving. And I kind of thought about how when we're riding a bicycle, you know, it's really hard to balance on a bicycle standing still. Have you ever tried that? But the moment you begin to move, it actually gets easier. Man, I wish there was a church that was about moving with God. Like if it's just in the name or something, it's like if you just move with God, like it's just going to get easier for you. And so lots of times, I wonder if we're like, we're standing still and we're struggling. We're trying to get this together before we even take a step. And God's like, hey, there's a better way. If you would just take a step. And get moving, you'll find out this gets easier. No, that's what walking is. And see, I think that's why he actually said walking. Because all of us can take a step. Just a step. It doesn't even have to be a big step. Just a step. And walking is just one step after another step. After another step. After Another step. Man, if you'll just take a step with God, you'll begin to see that all these things that you've been carrying, I'm going to take a step and serve. I'm going to take a step and move. I'm going to take a step and trust today. And that's how I want to close. I want to invite you to take a step. To take a step. I don't know what you're facing today, but I believe that God brought you here so that you can take a step. Walking begins with a step. And maybe for some of you, that step is that you've been racked around carrying all these feelings and God is calling you to serve. He's literally calling you to join a team at Velocity Church. When I said that today, you're like, the Holy Spirit did something inside of you and said, that's, that's, that's the step you need to take. Some of you are like, 
the, the step is to join a group. Yeah, but I've got all these issues. Yeah, but I've got all these, I can't even hold it together. No, he wants you to take a step. Because when you take that step, it actually unburdens you. It helps bring your priorities into focus.